0: Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This episode is part of our Minute CE curriculum. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements, as well as the learning objectives.
1: Hi, my name is Atchola Malhotra. I'm a professor at University of California, San Diego. And I'm going to talk today about the epidemiology of sleepiness and obstructive sleep apnea. I'll start out with a slide from the MedEx Cloud, which is an academic industry partnership. We published this a few years ago, suggesting about a billion people worldwide with obstructive sleep apnea based on existing data and extrapolations from existing data, based on an app opt index of five. If you use a stricter definition of 15, we're still talking about a half a billion people worldwide with obstructive sleep apnea. It turns out the minority of these patients have sleepiness. If you look at the Terry Young study from New England Journal, 24% of men, nine percent of women, and AHI over five. Well, only 4% of men and 2% of women at the age I over five with sleepiness. These prevalence of figures have increased over time because of the obesity pandemic, the aging of the population, improvements in o- oximetry and other technology. Bottom line is the minority of these patients actually have sleepiness. There's a major difference between clinic-based and community-based studies for the clinic-based ones tend to be more symptomatic. If you look at CPAP in terms of a therapy, it does reduce subjective, but not objective, sleepiness. How do I know that in this forest plot? The airport sleepiness score consistently improves across various studies in terms of sl- subjective sleepiness. If you look at objective sleepiness over here, they still sleep latency, really no improvement on the forest plot, suggesting CPAP reduces subjective but not objective sleepiness. If you look at this French study, they started at baseline 602 sleeping patients. If you look at those that got one of CPAP, the airport went from 15 to 6. And, and so improvements in the majority of patients here. But still, some of the residual sleepiness over here, even the ones who weren't sleepy at baseline, some of them developed sleepiness over time. And so the bottom line here is that 58% of patients were sleepy at baseline in this French cohort, and 13% were still sleepy at follow-up, suggesting residual sleepiness is a real finding. What do we do about it? Well, full disclosure, I was involved in some of the sol fatal studies. You do see improvements over time in the upper sleepiness score, the least squares uh, change over here. And here's the maintenance of wakefulness test over here. Placebo shown here doesn't do much, but with low doses or higher doses of solriamfetol, you do see improvements in poor sleepiness score. You do see improvements in the sleep latency on the objective test here on the right. You see 150 and 300 milligrams look quite similar, but beyond that, you do see a dose response improvement in terms of objective and subjective sleepiness. If you look at the maintenance of efficacy over time, you can see it 40 weeks here or 52 weeks here, both in people with sleep apnea as well as in narcolepsy, sustained benefits over time. And if you look here at patients who are getting adherent or non-adherent with CPAP treatment, that is, if they're using their CPAP or oral appliance, uh, whether patients are adherent or not, the efficacy of the solriamfetol is similar. If you look at difference shown here, the uh, patient global impression index shown here, you can see with low doses of solriamfetol minor improvements, bigger improvements with bigger doses. Again, a dose-response effect suggesting whether you're adherent or not. With your CPAP treatment, there's improvements in this global impression scale with solriamfetol. Again, sustained benefits shown here in this study, the facts of solriamfetol in long-term treatment of patients with sleep apnea uh, with adherent or non-adherent to airway therapy. That is typically a CPAP. You can see sustained benefits over time. They're maintained over time. Whether adherent or non-adherent, they're superimposable. So summarized summarize by saying sleep apnea is highly prevalent and treatment is helpful. Nasal sleep apnea is the treatment of choice. For obstructive sleep apnea, it works pretty well. It improves sleepiness, improves blood pressure, improves other findings. But residual sleepiness is real. So there are alternative and adjunctive therapies. Alternative therapies when CPAPs is not for you. Adjunctive therapies if there's residual sleepiness, as we do see in uh, some cases. The future is quite exciting because alternative treatments are emerging. Pharmacotherapy, other things are quite exciting these days and so it's a good place to be I'd like to thank the audience for listening in thank you
0: you've been listening to CME on Reach MD this activity is jointly provided by Global Learning Collaborative GLC and Total CME LLC and is part of our minute CE curriculum to receive your free CME credit or to download this activity Go to reachmd.com slash CME. Thank you for listening.